and welcome to Weekly Review. This is Roman. We have a band in the studio today, The Blank Minds, and they will be providing us with some awesome music as well as an interview afterwards. So we'll be getting started here in just a minute. Thanks so much for listening to Mutiny Radio, and uh, enjoy the show. Time was frozen and I'm sleeping so deep I don't pick up when you phone me back to say I love you I wish I had a clue All that I need, you all that I see You all that I dreamed I'd be You lose in my head when it gets silent Reach to my heart when I can't find it I know that we're young and it's just not the right time Know that I'm for it's hard to sleep at night The big chances That you and I are just mine I wish I knew what to say every single day But when I see you so blue My heart chokes up and I'm so screwed Cause baby I'm in love with you Oh I just can't figure out you're stuck with it every day But when something goes wrong My heart disconnects from my brain Stumbling from below with a perfect grade Just rapping and notice I'm always there you all that I need, you all that is You the voice in my head when it gets silent The beat to my heart when you can't find it I know that we're young and it's just not the right time 
know that I'm sorry, so do you sleep at night? Baby, can't you see that you can hide your dreams me? Hope you never leave me here alone. Find the right way, or they say I will never be the same. Oh, I would never be the same. You're all that I want. You're all that I need. You're all that I see. you guys with Link Mines from LA. Uh, this next song's called Funk America. It's off our latest EP Becoming Him, which came out uh, about a week, oh, two weeks ago, exactly, yeah. People who they want You wanna take away basic rights Then look those broken people straight in there Oh tell me you make America great Oh I don't see how you can do that with me Oh I don't get you why it's so complicated Oh I don't understand all this thing Oh, I don't 
listening to The Blank Minds here on Mutiny Radio.
groove uh, rhythm section. We got Drew here on the drums. We got Nathan on the bass. We got Ryan on lead guitar. And my name is Flynn Amala. And we are The Blank Minds. This song is called Transient. And it's about coming out as trans. Strong, I question every word I wrote that song. Maybe I should say I'm sorry. It wasn't my fault. I'm sorry, it's a little foggy up my front. It's hard to explain what goes on in my mind while it's easy to write. The hard thing to find is being open and honest and telling you the truth. Cause if I told you what goes on, all the screws that come loose. It's good, I'm sorry. I know that it's positive. This is what I need. Oh, I'm prepared to fight for me Oh, I know that I can hide from you You see right through the lies in my eyes And it's all underneath If you take the time to scratch the surface I'll show you where the Oh, I know you got good heart Oh, I know it's been the worst day Oh, I know it's self-sufficient But I need you in a whisper Oh, although I got good heart Feel like I don't deserve Oh, I know I'm self-sufficient but I need you in the wrist way I've never really been able to defy the feelings I felt The way that I love, the things that I've kept Oh, never really been able to look you in the eye Explain to you why Oh, just to watch you cry I know it breaks your heart It was hard for me to say you raised me in The best possible way I know it hurts so much to see me change You raised me, but I need to stop this pain But screw it, I'm sorry I know that it's cozy this is what I need Oh, I'm prepared to fight for me Oh, I know that I can hide from you You see right through the lies in my eyes And it's all underneath if you take the time to song was called transient we have a music video out for it um that features like a lot of non-cis bodies it was like a project a movement to kind of get more trans and non-cis people into mainstream media uh so that's out on our youtube uh under transient uh we got three songs left for you guys this next song is called puzzles and it's kind of about figuring out what you want to do with your life and whether you want to kind of play it safe and do what's expected of you or chase your dreams um so that's what we're trying to do yeah so this one's called puzzles We sleep at night and I'm on the internet 
What a cliche, I'm just trying to be a little bit different But just like everybody else today ooh, 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 What's the cost of anything? Ooh, 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 I think I'm Oh, am I happy? Am I sick? What's the point of playing this game if I'm not doing what I love? Isn't life just the ways or am I putting together the pieces? Of I hope I can fit the spell. Or not, or I take everything you say to hurt Oh, I'm falling deeper each day Out of touch with the way you raise me Ooh, what's the cost of anything? Ooh, I think I Am I happy you am I saying? What's the point of playing this game if I'm doing what I love? Life is the waste. Putting together the pieces of a puzzle that's not my shape. Oh, I hope I can fit this face. Break it down. To put my future first But it's hard to focus When the present is the worst Trying my best to live up to expectations But I'm being ripped apart From my dreams and aspirations I'm just one in a million The risks that I take But I'm hoping to use this So as a safe space to make it The happy speak my mind For people who are dying Slowly losing the right to believe in
Thank you so much. That song was called Puzzles Again off our EP Becoming Him, which just dropped two weeks ago on all streaming platforms. Again, we're the Blank Minds. If you're just tuning in, this is Mutiny Radio. We got two songs left. Uh, yeah. Chuck.
We got one song left for you guys. Again, we are The Blank Minds. We're on tour uh, from Los Angeles right now. Our EP, Becoming Him, just came out on all platforms about two weeks ago. You are listening to Mutiny Radio, and this is our last song. Tell me that I'm done 
so much for the Blank Minds or EP. Becoming Him just came out two weeks ago. Take it away, Drew. All right, and you're listening to the Weekly Review. And take a bit of a uh, separate music break, uh, remembering the great Aretha Franklin, and we'll be back in with an interview with the Blank Minds in just a bit.
weekly review joined here by members of the blank minds who just played an awesome set here at mutiny radio they're currently on tour and will be in san rafael tonight thanks so much for being here yeah feel free to introduce yourselves um my name is ryan i play guitar uh my name is flynn i sing and play guitar as well in the band my name is andrew i am the drummer for the band my name is nathan i play bass hi Cool. So, um, yeah, it's pretty open format. Feel free to talk about whatever you'd like. You can talk about forming the band, the music, politics, anything personal going on, um, pretty much anything is a go, and we're uncensored here. So if you feel the need to swear, as I often do when I go over the news, by all (laughs) means. True. Well, want to talk about a bit about how we started. Well, um, we've been playing together since high school. Our this basis, our current bassist is a newer addition. He's been playing with us for about nine months, but he's been our friend long before that. We had an older base. We had an older bassist with the same name. It was also Nathan. Our new bassist is Nathan, but we love our Nathan very much. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've been playing for two years, three years, and um, it's been a it's been a hell of a time. So basically, this band was a band before I entered the band, but it wasn't called the Plank Minds. What was it called? Grounded, right? It was called Grounded. Yeah, it was, it was called it was Flynn named it back in high school. It was, uh, it was called Grounded, and uh, the previous um, bass player, whose name is also Nathan, we we shared the same class, and he invited me over to a recording session, and then he told me about this band here, and they're looking for a drummer. So I was like, Yo, I'll just come over, skate over there, took the bus and jam with them and then like it was probably like what like a few days later i was like i'm in and then from there the journey is on flynn you should talk about like some of the (laughs) no you should talk about like you know what you want to do with the band in terms of like political wise yeah 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 um so this band's kind of like transitioned along with me uh i'm a trans man female to male um and i like started my transition like in the midst of the band like we'd already been together for about like a year um and i came out and these guys are probably like some of the most supportive people i had in my life um i was like really looking for like guy friends because i didn't really have many growing up um so it was really awesome to have like a really tight-knit um supportive group that Mm kind of like helped me like realize like what things were like i was just bringing on as like social masculinity and like they kind of like showed me ropes and stuff like that um and yeah they just like having really supportive like male base was really important to my transition and then once i kind of got more comfortable in my own identity we kind of started using my privilege as like a passing trans guy to kind of like speak out um for queer rights um, and just like a lot of other social and political issues because i think it's really important as artists um that if you have a platform to like use it for something meaningful um so that's kind of what we try to do um Yeah, recently we've really kicked it into gear. We've been doing this fundraiser with this company called Point of 
Pride, uh, founded by Aiden Dowling. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I've, yeah. yeah. Um, so we've been working together to fundraise $8,000 to donate um, over 350 binders to young trans oh, men. Cool. Because um, after I got top surgery, I was like, I kind of want to do something to give back. So yeah. we decided to do yeah. this like fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're doing a music festival, actually, in a one week from now, exactly, um, where, yeah, it's called Becoming Us Fest in LA. If you're <laughs> listening from LA, the at the Vortex in downtown LA. And yeah, so it's going to be like a bunch of like, um, it's like kind of twofold thing. It's half a fundraiser for this, for the binder giveaway. And then half also, uh, we think it's really important that, uh, people who aren't often represented in music get like a platform. Definitely. So it's like primarily like female artists and like queer artists and POC artists. Um, that's the goal for the festival. Yeah. Just artists all around LA. Yeah. And genre diversity too. There's like a lot of talent and we feel like only a very small minority of people get represented like that do really well in the scene. So we just wanted to take the time to find other people who are really talented but aren't really getting the recognition that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, As a trans person, I'm always really excited to meet other trans artists and especially visibility (laughs) is so important and just to hear lyrics where it's like, oh, I can relate to that. Especially when you grow up not having heard you know heard that or seen yourself in any way it can yeah very and i think i think nathan can speak a little bit about the lyrics thing yeah well i i think one thing that we do a really great job of is foregrounding those issues of like being trans and being queer but also writing the music in a way that's accessible to people who aren't and i think that's a really important like element of like visibility and allyship is that like not all of us in the band are trans but it's just as important that we you know, stand together and we talk about things that are accessible to people who are, aren't trans. And, you know, a lot of our new EP is about growing up just in a more general sense and into kind of a world that we don't understand or doesn't understand us. And, uh, so I think it's great because we have that element of activism, but it's also just about growing up and about getting older and being confused about the world oh sure yeah yeah i think whenever you just flynn is really good about um sharing his emotions honestly and i think that if you just are honest with how you feel other people can relate to it honestly you know it doesn't come across as fake or anything and um a kind of little interesting thing is that when he means like literally transition through the middle of this band like our first ep you could hear his voice before t and then like on this new ep you could hear like where he's at now and it's really cool to like see that like not even just a shift of us as musicians but him as a person also yeah we want to talk a bit about the ep well the ep was a very long-awaited um project of ours that we really wanted to put out we we were saying for so long that we're gonna (laughs) put something out you know and then we finally hit the studio and we were probably recording for like three months and then the final project was out and we're like wow now we have new music yeah i mean yeah we were sitting on the final master tracks for a while and we got it recorded at our friend rob's house who's the drummer of the nars or the guitarist of the nars and um yeah that's a band from sd scene and they were kind enough to let us use their practice space to record in and um it was a little bit rushed but we got it mastered by our other friends through our friend pony curtis he knows a guy named roman and um it's been a it's been a long time since we put out a full project before this yeah. one, and yeah. I think everybody was already waiting for these songs because we'd been performing them live for a while. So it feels really good to finally get them out and to have them be well received. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
So I guess I talk a bit more like about the meaning of the EP. It's like really an important, like very like personal um, project to me. It's called Becoming Him, where I came up with the name. Kind of to sum up like my transition, because I literally got top surgery like a few days before, like if, like literally the day after we finished our last day of mixing. Yeah, I got wow. I got um, top surgery, um, and so it's like it is very much about like my journey and being trans, but then like. I think what's cool about it is that like just because it's like catered or it's like from the POV of a trans person doesn't mean that it can't be um, applicable to everybody. Yeah, I, f- I also feel like there's a lot of room for interpretation well, yeah. with you know each of the different songs because you could take them for a lot of different meaning and it means to different people. But yeah, when I come up with the name, I came up with the name Becoming Him because it was obviously you know he was in the process of transitioning, but it was also like. I'm in the process of building myself into the person I want to be. You know, I have a lot of issues with self-worth and all that. And so to be able to get myself to a place where I'm happy with who I am, you know, is also me becoming him. Yeah, exactly. It's us becoming the people we want to become. That's right. Yeah, and I think it's also important to note that I think a lot of times people think that we cater to a very niche audience because we talk about queer issues and we are, like, very vocal about that. Um, But I think it's kind of just, like, uh, queer people are inundated with like cis media or straight media like yeah. all the time and yeah. all the narratives <laughs> are always like from straight people's perspectives but that doesn't mean that like queer people like don't listen to that music just because it's not written right. from, from that perspective so kind of what I think we do is like we challenge people to be like yeah maybe this is like a different narrative that you're not used to hearing but that doesn't mean it can apply to you and I think yeah. that's something that's important because a lot of people will just diss queer artists because they'll be like oh well you only care about like queer people and gay people and it's like yeah. just because we're making something that's actually like telling someone else's story doesn't mean that we don't only exist for like that minority you know we're here for the equality of everybody we just happen to like address topics and issues that maybe straight people or incest people don't really think about Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know if you have any questions or anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, so we, you talked a little bit about the, the upcoming tour. So you'll be in San Rafael tonight and then mm-hmm. uh, Santa Cruz, you yes. mentioned. So what do you... Oh, go ahead. No, no. Oh. I was just passing my car. Oh, sure. So uh, what's what's next after that for you all? Oh, after the tour. Okay. Well, after the tour... On this tour, we've already started writing new music. We got some songs that we've been working on. Yeah. But I think we really want to get into the process of uh, figuring out our recording process and figuring how to do it efficiently. Um, we're going to continue to put out content on Instagram and YouTube, and we're going to continue to uh, hopefully play shows, maybe not quite as regular, like as rigorously as we are now, but something that we could still you know, stay active with. But um, I think really though we want to get good at recording we're in the process of just like we'll sit there and just figure out how to make a really crappy demo on GarageBand. but just the fact of us getting more comfortable of us having to track to a metronome click and having to play around with all the different possible layers that we could do in a recording setting i think is something that we all really want to get better at so that like next time we go into the studio Mm -hmm. we can be much more articulate with the producer and we could just be much more efficient with our time because we spend like six to eight hours on each song in the studio for the last EP. Wow. Yeah. And I think what's like really interesting about how we make music is how we all kind of come from different genres, if you want to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things about our band. Like, Ryan is super into acoustic, that sort of reggae sublime, but also really into hip hop. And Flynn is, is really into pop music. And Drew comes from a background of like, I mean, metal drumming, but also like, 
hip-hop drumming and i i listen to a lot of classic rock and i feel like all of us you know the first two eps that they've put out you know the first one without me and the, the second one with me um flynn has written the lyrics and the music for and we sort of come in in the recording process and let our flavor show through there but i think now now that we've began writing music as a, the four of us and like with a focus on doing collaborative writing, I think that that's when we're gonna really let our like colors shine as individuals and as a as a group. So I'm really excited for that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what else? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess are there any other like trans um, bands that you wanted to like also plug or? Yeah, honestly, like I don't know that many like trans people or queer people. I only really know like some singer songwriter people in LA. So Ryan Casada, who's the one that connected us, yeah. um, he's really cool, really good. Um, and then there's um, Jupiter Black, who we recently ran into, who they do kind of like hip hop R and B stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because I don't really know that many trans people that do music, which is kind of a bummer. Um, it feels like there's only, like, one person, and then that person kind of gets, like, all the attention and is, like, the only, like, represented trans yeah. person. Like, there's, like, one just go-to person, and everyone is like, oh, we need, like, a trans artist, like, and they just go to that one person. So, we just got to figure out how to become that one person. Yeah. So, if you're a trans artist listening, feel free to reach out to us, please. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. happy to connect to you. There's a Star Amorasu, who's based here in San Francisco, and she's great. Um, oh. Inopogu, who's also Amorasu. Bay Area. And the Degenderettes, I don't know if you're familiar Degenderettes. with them. They um, book a lot of, like, specifically, like, trans shows, like, with musicians oh, nice. and everything. So I'd be happy to cool. Beautiful. put Thank you all you. in touch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, I think, crucial just to have, yeah, to have a community. And then also... I don't know about you all, but just the idea that oftentimes we'll see each other at protests or memorials, and it's really, mm-hmm. I appreciate being able to see other folks and connect in times of celebration. Yeah, that's right. And not in times when we're like mourning something or yeah. fighting against something. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, um, I have tagged you on Facebook. Is there any other links online? Or And you said you're. Music's also available on the streaming services, too. So if you wanted to... So, yeah, we're on literally every single streaming service from Apple Music and Spotify and Tidal, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Play, all that stuff. You can find us on there. But um, our main social media platform is Instagram, but we are on pretty much every social media platform. Just Twitter. Yeah, at the Blank Minds. Cool. Excellent. Sweet. Well, um, we can uh, wrap up now unless there's anything else. You're, you're all almost welcome to... Okay. Leave them out cool. with Yeah. I was going to say, leave them with some positive words. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Never give a fuck about what people got to say about you and whatever you're doing because you love what you do or for whoever you are and just chase what you love to do nonstop, unrelentlessly. Right on. It's good cardio. Feel free to reach out to us about anything. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Thank you. Sweet. Thank you, so Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. And I look forward to hearing more of your music. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us all those names? Yeah, please. Absolutely. We're going to take another bit of a music break here, and then we'll be back with some news after the music break. Thank you so much for listening into the weekly review. Uh, you're listening to Mutiny Radio, mutinyradio.fm. We've got shows here every day of the week. So, and if you're interested in having a show here, please contact our station director, Pam. You can follow and find all that information at mutinyradio.fm. And we'll be back in just a little bit. Baby, baby, sweet baby. There's something that I've just got to say. 
take me to heart And I'll always love you And nobody Can make me do wrong Take me for granted Welcome back to the Weekly Review. Thanks so much to the Blank Minds for joining us. Really awesome music. Great to hear from these folks. Please do check out their shows. And I will look up to find out all the details for their upcoming shows so I can share that with y'all, all of you listeners. Thanks so much for listening to the Weekly Review. If you would like to support independent radio like this, please do consider donating to our Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. If you can donate a dollar a month, that helps keep the doors open here. So thank you so much for listening and (sighs) I have some news um I I don't want to say unfortunately because it's I mean being able to talk about it it's we need to talk about things or else things won't change at all and also just to be aware of what's happening and also recognize that the the people often in positions of power with access to media don't necessarily tell the truth so it's really crucial to listen to people who are most directly affected and share their truth and their experiences so folks have an understanding of what's happening and can question the narratives that are put forward by law enforcement by state by the folks who want to keep on controlling things and keep us pitted against one another there's the lovely sound effect from the the mic stand okay so last week was super super i'm angry a lot of weeks and i recognize this is a healthy feeling i i don't understand if you're not if you don't understand i mean if you understand what's happening uh, and has been happening i don't understand how anyone could could not feel a sense of anger due to the injustice that has been happening and last week i was especially on edge and i also didn't speak too much about the previous weekend in berkeley and 
for numerous reasons and just this article i'm going to read an article because that's going to kind of go into a little bit of what occurred and also and also we haven't really mentioned the there's a protest in dc and thankfully a lot of folks came out to really silence the right-wing folks who are coming out for the unite the right Two, they should not have gotten a permit in the first place they got a permit the cops protected them um, however, thousands of people came out to counter protest. I don't know if it's really considered countering, considering we are the majority of the folks who do not want folks spouting those horrific ideas, ideals of, yeah. Anyway, point being that a lot of folks came out and that's what really helped. So I appreciate all the folks who, who came out in a variety of ways to protest. This is from The Guardian. It's written by Sam Levin, and it came out on August 16th, which is yesterday. Anti-fascists say police post mugshots on Twitter to intimidate and silence. Doxing arrested protester, protesters has become common and can have lasting consequences even after charges are dropped. Michelle Higgins was protesting a high-profile police killing in St. Louis when the officers grabbed her. The activists' arrest for failure to disperse, and that's in quotation marks, on September 15, 2017, wasn't the only punishment she faced for marching. When she was released a day later, she learned that the police department had posted her name, age, and address on Twitter alongside 32 others arrested during the chaotic demonstrations sparked by the acquittal of an officer. Most of the arrests did not result in charges, but the damage was done. It's a law enforcement tactic that activists say has become increasingly common. Police arrest protesters en masse, publicly shame them on social media, and then drop the cases. The strategy can lead to intense online abuse for Black Lives Matter activists and other protesters. In the case of anti-fascist protesters, some critics argue that police are also boosting the agenda of neo-Nazis and white supremacists by exposing counter-protesters' identities and branding them violent offenders before they've gone to court. You criminalize folks who are trying to hold people accountable, then you dehumanize them by telling everyone where they live, said Higgins, who was not prosecuted after her arrest. The St. Louis police tweets, she said, posted an active threat to posed an active threat to activists and sent a message that, quote unquote, these animals were out protesting when they should have been sitting at home, end quote. Although right-wing extremist groups have a documented record of violence and killings, the police response at far-right events in recent weeks has repeatedly targeted the left-wing resistance. Some of the news coverage has also focused on the alleged threats of Antifa, or anti-fascists. In Berkeley this month, police arrested 20 counter-protesters at an alt-right rally and posted many of their mugshots, names, names, and alleged offenses on Twitter. The intention is to intimidate other protesters and silence political speech, Blake Griffith, one of the activists taken into custody, said in an interview. They needed to publicly show they are doing something. Griffith, who is active in the Democratic Socialists of America, was cited for misdemeanor vandalism. The National Lawyers Guild, NLG of San Francisco, which is representing the activists, said it appear appeared that no one on the alt-right side was arrested. Many of those arrested were cited for possession of a banned weapon, which police said included anything that could anything in quotation marks that could be used in a quote-unquote riot <sighs> oh uh, okay I'm gonna take a deep breath here this is okay 
Some had scarves and bandanas that police considered, quote-unquote, masks, according to Jay Kim, the executive director of the local NLG chapter. Whether any of them will ultimately face charges remains to be seen. Five activists who were scheduled to be arraigned in court last week were not charged, the NLG said. In St. Louis, the circumstances surrounding the initial arrests were also questionable. Groups were taken into custody while police were kettling protesters, said the city councilor Julian Bush, referring to the practice of police surrounding protesters and then arresting them for failure to disperse. Bush's office reviewed many of the 33 cases and declined to file charges. Only four of the activists named on Twitter were charged in state court, but the charges were dropped for two of them due to insufficient evidence, a spokeswoman for the prosecutor said. Blake Strode, executive director of Arch City Defenders, a local civil rights group, said the mass arrests and social media posts may have ha- may have been an effort to rationalize the police department's intense spending and highly militarized operation. The scare tactic of violent rioters and protesters is used to justify a police overreaction. Eddie Robinson, an Oakland-based activist, said he was on his way to a Berkeley protest event last fall carrying a tote bag filled with signs when police stopped him for having a banned weapon. The signs, he said, had anti-fascist messages and small wooden handles. He thought he would simply have to return home with his bag, but instead, police took him to jail. Robinson was one of the first activists targeted on Berkeley's Twitter feed last year, with his name and mugshot getting thousands of retweets and responses, which led to a flurry of news articles, hate mail, threats, and abusive comments. Being arrested for having the wrong type of protest sign was treated as a reason to put it out on Twitter um, was as, okay, excuse me, being arrested for having the wrong type of protest sign was treated as a reason to put it out on Twitter to a global audience, he said, recounting prison rape threats and other violent remarks. Once your mugshot is out there, you become a piece of public property. Griffith said he got calls from relatives who saw him named on Fox News. He said he also fears the outing on Twitter may have cost him a job last week. In additional, in additional, To national media attention, those targeted by the Berkeley Police Department have found their names on right-wing forums dedicated to harassing and doxing anti-fascists, referring to the practice of publishing people's personal information in an attempt to invite abuse. BPD should already know that releasing photos and information of arrestees is putting them in danger, said Kim. There are real consequences. Caroline Sinders, a design researcher who has advocated for police to stop tweeting mugshots, said the tactic results in people having a tarnished digital reputation that can be impossible to fix. Tweeted mugshots can enable a far a range of far-right tactics, including coordinated smear campaigns to spread online misinformation about a person or efforts to harass individuals. Oh, to, excuse me. Tweeted mugshots can enable a a range of far-right tactics, including coordinated smear campaigns to spread online misinformation about a person or efforts to harass individuals' employers, Cinder said. The harassment can also lead to real-world problems, she said. If the alt-right knows who to look for, they can track them down and they can target them in a public space. For some, mugshots and arrest records start appearing in top Google search results. When the cases are later dropped, police departments and news organizations almost never publish updates. Robinson was arrested and shamed on Twitter at a second protest last September, accused of participating in a riot and resisting arrest. That one led to, that one led to formal charges, but the case was ultimately dropped. At least 10 people arrested at protests and outed on Berkeley's Twitter last year never faced charges. 
Naming and shaming anti-fascists can also be a way for police to justify use of force, said Juan Chavez, an activist with the NLG in Portland, where a recent far-right rally also turned violent and led to arrests and publicly posted mugshots. It's their first pass at trying to force a narrative about what happened, said Chavez, who attended the demonstrations, adding that police press releases targeting left-wing protesters can embolden far-right groups to present themselves as victims. It enables them to... to it enables them to able to cry wolf any time that they feel threatened or undermined by Antifa. Law enforcement, who have also faced scrutiny for working directly with right-wing and neo-Nazi groups to build cages against anti-fascists, excuse me, maybe that's really not so much of a Freudian slip given the prison industrial complex, excuse me, Law enforcement, who have also faced scrutiny for working directly with right-wing and neo-Nazi groups to build cases against anti-fascists, largely defended their tactics. Spokespeople for police in St. Louis, Berkeley, and Portland noted that arrests and mugshots are public records, with some citing legal obligation to release the information. A Berkeley police spokesman sent a lengthy statement saying its tweets were a matter of safety and transparency, adding, this is done not in an effort to shame or to chill freedom of speech, I'm rolling my eyes as I read this quote, but to deny lawbreakers anonymity. He said, the department does not have a policy of removing tweets after cases are dropped. However, they did after enough public pressure. Um, One Berkeley protester who was outed in the most recent wave of tweets and requested anonymity, noted that activists have few recourses when they face harassment after mugshots are posted. Twitter advises users to contact local law enforcement if they are subject to violent threats. But in Berkeley, it feels like that's not an option, the activist said. They are the ones that doxed us. Uh, if you'd like to check out the article, please do. It's on theguardian.com. We've also paste, pasted it. We've also posted it on our Facebook webpage. We're going to take another bit of a music break, and then we will be back in a little bit. Jump the lean 
Hey, and welcome back uh, on Gothamist. They have some photos that the Franklin Street subway station in Brooklyn has been turned into a makeshift Aretha Franklin tribute. And for folks who are available to get online, I'm going to, I believe I've already shared it, but I'll share it again right now. If you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, we also post a lot of news articles on there. Um, paying tribute to Aretha Franklin and playing some of her music here on the Weekly Review. And and actually, uh, that was my mistake. It's in uh, Tribeca, so it's in Manhattan, not in Brooklyn, uh, for the Franklin Street stop where they have, you can see there's, uh, it's hard to describe because it's photos. However, if you want to check that out, check out the link. And, yeah. There's an Abolish Ice rally happening on August 27th if you're in Albuquerque. Any listeners, if you know folks in Albuquerque, please do spread the word. It's happening at 301 Tijeras Avenue, Northwest Albuquerque, Monday, August 27th at 9 a.m. So, folks, please do check that out. Oh, gosh. And... Um, another note here is that <sighs> there's transphobes everywhere and it's fucking exhausting. I wasted part of my morning, uh, arguing with a transphobe this morning. It's, uh, exhausting having to exist in a world where folks don't want to listen to you and I'm not going to get too into it because I'll get too angry. And it's even more upsetting when these folks are, um, put into positions of power and they can kind of spread their propaganda and their hate. And I don't necessarily go over all the news stories that deal with transphobes because I'd, I'd run out of time, to be honest, because there's constantly things. If you're reading, if you're aware of what's happening, there's just, with more visibility comes the backlash, unfortunately. And so this is something that's more local, and that's San Francisco. And I want to share a post from Mia Satya, who's running for Board of Education. And um, so I'm going to share this article and also... Um, just share this information and uh, okay so please help fight transphobia in San Francisco by reposting this article donating to our campaign and posting any transphobic discrimination and violence and it's, this is a repost from uh, Mia's friend Heyman Cho's post and I will read that now. So this is from the San Francisco Examiner from Friday. It's today, Friday, August 17th. School board candidate under fire for post-transphobic statements. This is written by Laura Waxman, and the article itself came out yesterday. Uh, school board candidate endorsed by city officials, including Mayor London Breed and State Senator Scott Weiner, has come under fire from LGBTQ advocates for transphobic remarks she made to Chinese newspapers. Members of the Harvey Milk LGBTQ Democratic Club have denounced political support for school board hopeful Josephine Zhao, who in 2013 advocated against gender-neutral bathrooms in San Francisco schools. Last week, Mayor London Breed joined a, joined a list of local leaders, including Senator Scott Weiner, who've endorsed Zhao's campaign. Breed also endorsed San Francisco Parent Political Action Committee co-founder Michelle Parker, a longtime education advocate and former president of the San Francisco PTA. In 2013, AB 1266 was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown, allowing transgender students to participate in all school activities, sports teams, and programs that match their gender identity, including access to bathrooms and lockers. 
At the time, Chinese language newspapers reported that Zhao uh, posed the policy on the grounds that gender-neutral bathrooms would lead to quote-unquote public moral issues, and uh, including rape and on-school campuses, drawing the ire of LGBTQ rights advocates. Ugh. Uh, we have a we as a club have a zero tolerance for transphobia, especially from elected officials who espouse transphobic policies, or show a real ignorance in the way they make statements that affect the LGBTQ community or any community that is under attack by the current administration," said Honey Mahogany, co-president of the Harvey Milk LGBTQ Democratic Club. We can't afford them a free pass. Mahogany said that the club's membership is expected to vote on its endorsements next Tuesday and could recommend an endorsement against Zhao, as well as lead a political education campaign about Zhao's record in the LGBTQ community, as was first reported by 48 Hills. I have a sense the club will go in the direction to come up with political programming that supports our candidate, but also highlights those candidates that we view as being dangerous to civil, the civil rights of the LGBTQ community, said Mahogany. According to their Youth Risk Behavior Survey, an annual survey of a random sample of students in grades 6 to 12 at 20 middle and 20 high schools, less than 1% of the middle school students reported identifying as transgender, and 1% of high school students reported identifying as transgender in 2017. Not only are these students from a marginalized community, but they are youth and children, and they need us to step up for them, said Mahogany. And they deserve representation that is taking their needs and concerns seriously and not espousing hate speech towards them or denying them basic rights. More than half of the 28 candidates who have registered to compete in the November 6th school Board race were qualified ahead of Wednesday's deadline, including Zhao and two transgender candidates, Mia Satya and Martin Rawlings Fine. Immigrants, people of color, and LGBTQ people have been accused of being rapists for hundreds of years as an excuse to pass repressive laws and encourage violence against already marginalized people, said Satya. Josephine has not publicly denounced her transphobic position, and people who endorse her are complicit in this transphobic violence. Maggie Muir, Breed's campaign strategist, said that the mayor is supporting both Zhao and Parker because of their strong record of advocacy on behalf of students and families in San Francisco. Wiener... Ugh, I'm going to not even fuck it. Scott Wiener. For folks who are listening, maybe for the first time or aren't uh, familiar with Bay Area politicians, Scott Wiener, uh, we used to be a supervisor in the Castro district and he was part of the, he decided to outlaw public nudity in the Castro and also got got rid of uh, a lot of benches, public benches. And as pretty much many folks agree, has been an enemy of folks who are unhoused uh, LGBTQ youth. So, shame on him oh also okay goodness gracious um um okay reflecting on the incident joe has said that her views were partly shaped after receiving the wrong information um i was wrong to oppose the policy i have no intention to hurt the transgender community but my action did and i apologize for the action she said okay in recent years joe who is a landlord oh so not we're not fans of landlords here on the show. It's just a just a thing. Said that she has been active on many fronts, including tenant landlord dispute mediations. She is a board member of the Small Property Owners of San Francisco, which edu- which advocates for landlords' rights. Landlords' rights. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Moving along. Um, okay. And oh goodness. Oh no. Oh also. In 2016, she advocated against a policy making condoms available to students in San Francisco's middle school wellness centers, as was previously reported by the San Francisco Examiner. 
Mm, so yeah, I think we need folks who are going to really put the interest of students. Take Feel free to check out the whole article. It's on the Examiner, SF Examiner. And yeah, just putting that out there. Oftentimes, San Francisco has this reputation of being the super progressive city. And yet there are folks, especially... I'm already exasperated. It is 141, though, and usually I get exasperated within the first half hour. So this is a positive thing. And really grateful, again, for the band for coming in here earlier and recognizing that it's important to celebrate the good things that are happening and artists out there who are making a big difference and also wanting to... um, So just reading the end of uh, Mia Satya's post, um, for folks who who choose to vote, because I recognize not everyone is able to vote, not everyone chooses to vote. If you are voting uh, to support these candidates for Board of Education in San Francisco, Mia Satya, Gabriela Lopez, Allison Collins, um, Fauga Moliga, and Lee Miao Lovett. So putting that information out there. And <sighs> another plug for Sorry to Bother You. The film is still in theaters. Please check it out. It's a fucking awesome movie. So... That's a plug. Oftentimes we do anti-plugs because there's corporations you shouldn't support. You know, Monsanto, which unfortunately owns a lot of things, etc. Nestle, of course, super gross. And at the same time, want to promote the good things that folks can do. Positive headline here. After pushback, Madison police won't participate in Gay Pride March. That was from NBC News. So that's interesting. Um, the supposed military parade, which was estimated to cost $92 million, has been postponed. And obviously, if you have the money to do anything related to the military, how about making sure that veterans have housing and mental health services and health care, food? That would be a place to start. Similar to uh, BART has been adding, we've seen a lot of police on the, on the platforms. And for many of us, increased law enforcement makes a lot of us feel less safe. <sighs> so there's my, there's my sigh. It's, um, you know, one could recognize that a lot of things can be done to make people feel more safe. And for many of us, criminalization is not the thing. They're not going after war criminals, for instance. And I think that's part of the problem with this country. Well, that's a broad, I don't necessarily believe in borders. I can't necessarily label. Anyway, the idea is that there've been people in positions of power, I'd say all over the world, who have caused great harm, people who have started wars, manufactured wars, and they're not the ones who are incarcerated. Yet people might be in prison because they can't afford bail, for instance, or because there's a low-level offense of using drugs, which should not be a criminalization at all. Folks who are sex workers which also should not be criminalized. Also, oh, the prison strike's coming up, August 21st. Let me uh, let me go find some information. And a few weeks ago, I did read, did read. Um, I played uh, an interview with some folks who are involved with that as well. So also just wanting to lend solidarity through the way through the radio waves with what we can with the upcoming strike and uh, I'll see if I can read some more information here for folks who are interested in also spreading the word that's one way to to get the word out yeah and on the show definitely want to acknowledge that there's a diversity of tactics there's a lot of ways i know it's easy to feel overwhelmed i feel overwhelmed a lot and i feel powerless quite often and also wanting to recognize there's so many different ways folks can show up um if you're able to protest of course that's great if you're able to share accurate information from folks who don't necessarily have their their views expressed in media that's another way feeding people is a way creating art 
is a way. If you happen to have capital, very few folks do, I recognize, support, directly support people, offering food, offering bail support. There's a lot of ways to, to show up beyond voting. I recognize that some folks are really into the whole voting thing, and I, I get that. And also, there are many, many other ways. Teaching and educating folks. Child care. There's a lot of ways. I'm, this is like a fraction of it. So supporting fucking strikes, supporting your unions. That's great. Collective bargaining. Okay, so this is from incarceratedworkers.org. Prison strike 2018. I did read this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to read it again. And you can find this at incarceratedworkers.org. Prison strike 2018. I mean, I, for a moment, I was like, is this 2018 still? I like I couldn't remember. The, sometimes I, you, know, you lose track of the days of the week where you live this is me anyway um the bay area the weather here is pretty temperate so it's like oh are we in summer i can't tell what year are we in when who am i what's going on here here are some facts the prison strike 2018 rebels incarcerated in prisons across the the nation declare a nationwide strike in response to the riot in lee correctional institution a maximum security prison in south carolina seven comrades lost their lives when prison officials turned their backs on a riot they provoked we are demanding humane living conditions, access to rehabilitation, sentencing reform, and the end of modern-day slavery. There's an original press release by Jailhouse Lawyers Speak. There's an IWOC endorsement, prison strike resources, news roundup of prison strike activity. I'm going to share this right now because there's a lot of information here. And for folks who are listening, whenever you're listening, if you're listening today on August 17th, um, you can check that out. And if you're listening tomorrow or another day, you can also check it out. Yeah, that's you, you hopefully get where I'm coming from here. So I'm going to share this right now on the Weekly Review webpage for folks who are listening and saying, hey, how can I find the Weekly Review webpage? Well, we're still on Facebook, even though Facebook's a shit show. We know that. They censor people for fucking no reason at all. Um, and if you happen to be a tech person or, or you know familiar with tech, and want to help us create a web page? By all means, this is a volunteer thing that I do. Uh, I feel there's it's necessary if we have the resources. It's necessary to put the word out about what's happening. And if you too would like to lend a hand in any way, or time, or funds to help hire someone, I would love to be able to pay someone to help work on the show a bit more because because that's what's needed. So. Getting back to my point, right now we have a a page here. It's used to post news articles, many of which we share here on the Weekly Review. So, posting this right now, you can find a lot of news articles there. If you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, as well as at weekly rev on Facebook, um, you can check us out there. You can also follow us at Mutiny Radio. Dot FM, that's their website, or Mutiny Radio on Facebook as well. So lots of information and sending lots of love and solidarity to the folks. And I'm going to read their demands. I'm going to read the demands, and then I think I'm going to find some music and end the show. <laughs> it's been a day. Demands. One, immediate improvements to the conditions of prisons and prison policies that recognize the humanity of imprisoned men and women Two, an immediate end to prison slavery all prison all persons imprisoned 
in any place of detention under United States jurisdiction must be paid the prevailing wage in their state or territory for their labor. Three, the Prison Litigation Reform Act must be rescinded, allowing imprisoned humans a proper channel to address grievances and violations of their rights. Four, the Truth and Sentencing Act and the Sentencing Reform Act must be rescinded so that imprisoned humans have a possibility of rehabilitation and parole. No human shall be sentenced to death by incarceration or serve any sentence without the possibility of parole. Five, an immediate end to the racial overcharging, oversentencing, and parole denials of black and brown humans. Black humans shall no longer be denied parole because the victim of the crime was white, which is a particular problem in southern states. Six, an immediate end to racist gang enhancement laws targeting black and brown humans. Seven, no imprisoned human shall be denied access to rehabilitation programs at their place of detention because of their label as a violent offender. Eight, state prisons must be funded specifically to offer more rehabilitation services. Nine, Pell Grants must be reinstated in all U.S. states and territories. And 10, the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, pretrial detainees, and so-called ex-felons must be counted. Representation is demanded. All voices count. Ha. Ah. ah. Yes. Ha. Ah. Okay. So we're coming to the end of the program. We're on for another 10 minutes or so. Unfortunately, uh, Women's Magazine and Comment Thread Collective are off this week. However, they will be back next week. And I'm actually, um, someone recently submitted this, um, a video from Decoded. So I'm also going to, oh, but there's, oh, I, I have this issue where, oh my God, there's so much to get to. Okay. So maybe uh, I'm going to do what I can and read a little bit more and, Take a deep breath. It's okay. It's all good. I'm only pressuring myself and wanting just to share more that I can. Another headline, Uber and Lyft are increasing car traffic in Seattle. How much? 94 million miles. And that's an article from seattletimes.com. We know here in the Bay Area, it's also led to an increase in traffic here. And I'm all for supporting public transportation. If public transportation was more affordable and available and accessible for people, I don't think there'd be as high of a demand for the ride, quote unquote, ride sharing services, which originally was called hitchhiking. And it's probably a lot fucking safer given what we hear about certain Uber drivers. Okay. Also going to just, uh, there's another headline for an article from the nation, Aretha Franklin, musical genius, truth teller, freedom fighter, Angela Davis, whose bond Franklin offered to post in 1970 says that the singer's work helped to shape and deepen a collective consciousness anchored in a yearning for freedom. And this is written by Farah Jasmine Griffin. And this came out yesterday. And okay, I'm going to read it. Aretha Franklin is a singular figure in American culture. Her musical gifts were monumental. A child prodigy, she seemed to have emerged like a, like a, like Athena, fully formed at birth. Her talent already developed. Smokey Robinson recalled first hearing her sing when she was four years old. He noted that by age seven, Aretha played big chords, complex church chords, he told biographer David Ritz, that Franklin came out of the rich Detroit culture that produced so many musical greats. But she also came from a distant musical planet where children are born with their gifts fully formed. That voice, so full of history and power, defined popular singing and set the standard for any who would aspire to her standing. She is indeed the queen. 
shaped and, and refined in Detroit's New Bethel Baptist Church, where her father, the legendary C.L. Franklin, reigned in the pulpit. She absorbed his rhythms and cadences, as well as those of the black musical royalty who graced the sanctuary and visited the Franklin home. Dinah Washington, Mahalia Jackson, and Clara Ward among them. She also absorbed and inherited their political sensibilities as well, an unapologetic blackness, a militant dignity, and the devotion to using their talent to further the cause of black freedom. At the height of her fame in 1970, Franklin supported philosopher and revolutionary Angela Davis, a member of the Communist Party who had been accused of purchasing firearms used in the takeover of a courtroom in Marin County, California, and who was charged with conspiracy, kidnapping, and murder. Franklin told Jet Magazine that she wanted to post Davis's bond, whether it's $100,000 or $250,000. Franklin's father, himself a longtime civil rights advocate, a confidant and surrogate for Martin Luther King Jr., discouraged her from doing so. Franklin asserted, well, I respect him, of course, but I'm going to stick by my, by my beliefs. Angela Davis must go free. Black people will be free. She explained that her support for Davis had nothing to do with communism, but because she's a black woman and she wants freedom for black people, Franklin noted that she had the money to post bond because she'd earned it from black people. She therefore wanted to use it in ways to help our people. Ultimately, she was unable to post the bond because she was out of the country at the time. Instead, it was paid by Roger McAfee, a progressive white California farmer. Davis, who has never met Frank, who has never met Franklin in person, told me yesterday, and this is the author, that the singer was among her most prominent supporters. Beyond the promise of financial support, the fact that she championed the cause of my freedom had a profound impact on the campaign, Davis said, especially because her statement inferred that people should not fear being associated with a communist. Rather, they should be concerned about justice. Her bold public call for justice, in my case, helps in a major way to consolidate the international campaign for my freedom. By 1970, when she expressed her support of Davis, Franklin had established herself with a string of hits, including I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, Do Right Woman, Do Right Man, Respect, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Chain of Fools, Ain't No Way, and Think. She was an international superstar, having received both critical acclaim and commercial success. Born just two years apart, Davis and Franklin represented the brilliance, militancy, and defiant beauty of their generations of black women. Franklin had no concern of losing her audience or future opportunities because of her support for, radical free for a radical freedom fighter. She was protected by the times and her own sense of integrity and truth. This is what we hear in Aretha's voice, truth. It is a voice that contains the spiritual and the field holler, the blues moan, gospel shout, and jazz improvisation. It is neither timid nor coy. It is sensually grounded and spiritually transcendent and completely lacking in contradiction. She excels at any form she tries, including opera. Aretha's voice is America at its best. It also transcends national boundaries, invoking the West African cultures that gave birth to diasporic musical practices. It appeals to a global audience who, appreci who appreciates her sound. Franklin was the featured singer at Barack Obama's first inauguration. Significantly, she did not sing the Star-Spangled Banner with its brash militarism. No, she sang My Country Tis of Thee, her voice soaring above the crowd on that historic day, reminding, a, reminding us of who we were and who we are capable of becoming. She claimed this nation for those of us who have experienced its underside, Native Americans, Black Americans, 
Latinx, workers of all races, and the poor. And that's the nation of which she sang. She did so with blues notes, gospel flourishes, and operatic leaps. As such, she offered us a vision of a valiant history of struggle and aspirations for a future that we might build, a future as glorious and free as that magnificent voice. Even had she never articulated a commitment to struggles for civil rights and black freedom through her artistry, she contributed greatly to larger political and social movements. Speaking of Franklin's legacy, Davis reminds us that the political contributions of artists like Franklin need not be measured by political interventions in the conventional sense, she goes on to say. Her creative work helped to shape and deepen a collective consciousness anchored in a yearning for freedom. One can hardly imagine a world without her voice. And now we have lost her, just when we would need her most. At this time in history, our country is sinking deeper and deeper into the morass of racial hatred, gender violence, and untempered greed and corruption. Mendacity rules from the very top of our government, posing a danger to our democracy that has global, indeed planetary consequences. But we must stand tall against these forces, knowing that we had Aretha, we heard her, and thanks to the body of work she leaves behind, we can hear her still. More now than ever, we are in need of the truth and power of that voice. May we aspire to its integrity, beauty, power, and glory. May we be inspired by that woman who stuck by her beliefs and demanded respect for herself and her people with boldness and soul. And this article was written by Farah Jasmine Griffin, and you can find this at thenation.com. Thank you so much for listening to the weekly review. Um, Join us next week, and we'll be back then. Have a great week, everybody.